You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. John chapter 15 verse 16. Let's read something from there. Jesus said, you have not chosen me. Mm. But I have chosen you. And I have ordained that you bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he might give it to you. Before I go on tonight, because we are going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in a while. But I want to teach you something. I've been talking about spiritual growth that helps your spiritual growth mightily. Remember that in the book of John, chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was what? Answer me. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Right? The Bible said the same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him, not it. Exactly. Because the word of God is a, li- is a living person. Jesus is the word. Are you following me? So, you have your Bible in black and white. And I told you on Sunday, when the scripture gets from a book to your mouth, it becomes a living thing. Ah. When Christians all over the world realize the value of this thing, you know, I, I, I see Christians. I call some of us, I mean, I see Christians. It's common among some. They sit down with some guys outside. And they are talking about how to make money. And you know, usually people begin to say that everybody in Nigeria is corrupt. And they begin to talk like that. He has his Bible in the house. He does not know. There is no ritual that can enrich a man more than the word of God. Nothing transforms a man. But many people have not been taught to look at the glory that is in this book. With this, you have a healthy life, healthy marriage, and prosperous life. God was sure when he told Joshua that the book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. This, with this, we rule demons and they obey us. And we don't live in fear of anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. How wonderful is it to know this thing. Shortly after the first thing I said, a while after that again, that was early this year again, the government brought a letter again and then they were complaining about that. And they usually said, come and see us or you put on this thing. And as they just told me, one of the female pastors there just woke up to me and said that, the Lord said to me, and she quoted the scripture, that it is nothing. She, I can't remember the exact scripture, but the meaning of the scripture is that it will disappear as if they never said so. Now the, the letter is on my table. They brought the letter February. This is May. They've not said anything about the letter till now. Heaven and earth, the power of holding them is in this thing. When people know, when you want to study your Bible, you switch off everything and tell everybody to go out. One revelation from me changes your life forever. Are you with me? So Jesus said, <laughs> and the, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm reading this to get you. I want, I want to show you something from there. He said, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. I have ordained you. 
that you should bear fruit. Number one, I am chosen. Number two, I have received an ordination from Jesus himself. To what? To be fruitful. So my being fruitful is not an option. Can I hear amen? amen. Now I'm not talking about myself. The same thing goes for every one of you. You know what I'm trying to let you see? When you read a place like this, in the Bible, don't keep quiet. This is the dimension I want to introduce you tonight. to tonight. Never. The Bible is a living person. Because a living person, when the Bible talks to you, and you talk back, there's a spiritual transaction. Someone reads this place, is reading with his mouth closed, just, you know, she's just reading. You have not chosen me, I'm not there. this is wonderful. Someone else reads and responds back to the word. Right on the seat, it says, I am chosen and I'm ordained to bear fruit. Oh, praise God, I will bear fruit forever. When this second person, with what he has done now, the anointing and the power in that scripture leaps out and jumps on you. Can I hear me? I'm sure men do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. This is how to let the power in the world, in the word of God, begin to work in your life. When the word of God is talking to you, it's waiting for a response. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. You are just reading with your eyes. Lord is my shepherd. Someone else takes Psalm 23. The Lord is my he reads, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, praise God. I have a shepherd. I will never be misdirected in life again. The scripture abides with that second person. Because Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. Look at, look at this. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Are you there? Who has believed our report? Who had believed our report? Can I see a question there? This is the question that the Bible is asking every now and then. And how does the Bible know those who have believed the reports? The report is in every house, on some people's pillow, on some people's table. Someone else reads the report. When you respond, you have convinced the Holy Ghost who wrote the Bible that you believe the report. Can I? Can, you are too quiet tonight. What's the problem? Even as I am talking, those who are responding, there is an anointing going to them. Now they will respond. Africans. God bless your sister. Heaven is not quiet. We should have a quiet church. You know, I don't know why some people come to church and you know this is all you do, just looking. When Liverpool is playing Real Madrid, you are all over. Tearing yourself apart. For the dollars they won't give to you. You can identify with a club. My club is Chelsea. I love my club. But I do not have enough sense to also know that that you are supporting them does not mean that when the match ends, they will call you the Awale in Nigeria. Thanks for your support. Come and take $10,000. You even go to UK, they don't even want to see you. Those guys, they are guided on every side. They are too busy self, to have time to see people. Amen. But you should have, you should have enough sense. I, I love my team. One day I was in UK and I went to Stanford Bridge. I just went to and to touch the pitch and to see what happened. So I sat on my seat. I, I put it on Facebook. I, put it, so I, I, just, I just wanted to enjoy myself. That's, that's where it ends. 
<laughs> it doesn't mean they will now call you and say, oh, well, come on, come on, take some. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you, are you, are you following me? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the day Nigeria didn't qualify for work on Alpha and people were, so people were crying. They captained them, they found him that same night. We lost the match in Abuja that same night in the clubhouse in Abuja. They saw him there dancing. They will just cry for you on the pitch for a while. Really? Okocha said, players always believe that there will be another match. And it is true. When this season ends now, by August, now Premiership is starting again. So they leave you with the emotion. And they go. Only people feel bad when they, actually the big boys don't really feel bad much because they played, 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 played. You know, I saw one time that uh, Barcelona beat Real Madrid and a young player that was just brought in was crying. And Ramos was partying. As he was saying, oh boy, get used to it. <laughs> we beat and we get beaten. So it's his life. It's 50 50. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are, you, are you with me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Responding. To the word of God. I, I, I want to go to, I told that chapter 10, but I feel like staying here for a while. Because this is a hidden truth. Majority of you here, you did not know these things until I just said it now. That so much power, how come that some little, little things we call them, that we don't pay attention to, are the reasons why many people are weak? Look at what I just told in Isaiah. This is the word of God asking the question. Who has believed our reports? So when you Bible lands in your house, it's asking you one question. Who has believed? I don't just say I believe. Any report you read in the Bible, the Bible is convinced that you believe it when you rejoice over it and repeat it. Somebody holds the Bible and reads something. The Lord is my shepherd. What? The Lord. I believe. Why God sent Philip to the Ethiopian Enoch, was that he stayed with us as he kept reading. And when he saw Philip, he said, excuse me, is the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? And Philip said that, anyone who stays with the word, the word stays with you. Many other people came to Jerusalem that time, so probably they read that portion and nothing happened to them. But Ethiopian Enoch, he opened the page, something was talking to him from the page. And he saw a man passing. He didn't even know who the man was. He said, excuse me, sir. Who is this guy talking about? And Philip started sharing the same scripture with him. And then got him baptized. And Philip disappeared. And the guy was like, wow. That was, for record, the guy that brought Christianity to Africa. No record that he fasted for many days. Oh, the glory of the word. How much the word of God. God is just looking for somebody to agree with him. Everybody heard about the exploits of God. And they were guiding their words very well. Rahab heard. God didn't care she was a prostitute. She heard about the reports of God. And she saw spies and said, No, these people are too big to be fought. If you can't beat them, join them. She brought the spies in. And she hid them. And when they were going, they told her something. That was the beginning of blood covenant. Said, tie a red ribbon on your window. You know, the Bible says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. All the entire world came down, but our house was standing. Because there was a symbol of the blood on the house. Now, you are born again and the blood of Jesus covers you. Those who believe in it, evil will always pass us by. Hallelujah. 
We are under the protection of the blood. It's wonderful. When a Christian tells you that it's as if this thing is not working, that is the reason. Some of these things I've, I've shared with you, they look at the word of God. It's a stranger to them. They're a stranger. Just put it there in their house. But let them begin to let the word talk to them. Oh, you read the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although he was rich, for your sake. The Bible says for your sake. Who is the Lord? They're me. Now I'm reading. The Bible is telling me that for my he became poor. Who? Somebody was mega rich. He became poor for my sake. You put your Bible down for a while and say it again. Until you find yourself saying, Lord, I thank you. I will never be poor again. Any statement you make because you are responding to the word of God, angels will back it up. I am not saying that I will never be poor again because a contract came in. No. Contract will come and go. Hallelujah. I am not saying so because somebody sent money to me. No. I am saying so because the eternal word says he was made poor for me to be made rich. And I believe it so I can say I am rich. Praise the Lord. When you read, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Say, wow, no evil shall be for you. Bible says, shall not be afraid of arrows flying. So I will say, however insecure the country is, I am secured on the strength of the word of God. For he will give his angel charge over me. They bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone. Amen. Have you ever wondered that this I'm sharing with you was what Jesus did after the fasting? In Luke chapter 4, the Bible says he came to the city and they gave me a book to open. All of them read that book, but they never personalized it. Jesus read Isaiah 61 and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. When he filled the word, he said, He looked at it and said, Today, this scripture is being fulfilled. In other words, saying that I am the fulfillment of this scripture. He said, They wrote this about me. Have you convinced yourself that this Bible is written for you? Listen to me, everybody. If God did not plan that you should be listening to me tonight, you wouldn't be here. That's the meaning of where we read that you have not chosen me. Have you ever gotten to a point where you are fully convinced that the, your life is bigger than what you know about it? And that you are God's direct choice. And that you have no choice but to prosper. Because He chose you. You did not choose Him. Hallelujah. You could have been born in Afghanistan. You could have been born in Iran. You could have been born anywhere. But in the wisdom of God, it has pleased him that this is where you should be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, Blessed are your ears for hearing what you are hearing. Everybody who is called of God, when you are opportunity to hear a word of God like this, the word of God like this, rejoice in the fact that it's an election of grace. It is not given to everybody. Jesus said, many prophets and great men, they desire to see what you are seeing, but it was not given to them. Hallelujah. These are questions that we can't answer when we get to heaven. Why did he choose me? I don't know. And you know what? I don't want to know. I have nothing to do with it. I just rejoice in the fact that I am chosen. Sometimes when we pray to people and they reject it, that's why we don't get angry. At times I just be like, I could have been like him. But, <laughs> mercy said no. no. Majesty, 
Your grace has found me just as I am. Envy and for a life in your hand. Can the choir help me? Majesty, we sing. Forever. Forever I am changed by your love. In the presence of your majesty. Let's sing it one more time. Majesty. Just on your seat, I just want you to sing. If you believe that you want me, why don't you sing it? His grace found me. I didn't look for it. He found me. Let's sing it one more time. I can sing. salvation of my soul. What a privilege. What a privilege to know you. It's a honor to sing your praise. Oh, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you. We worship you, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, choir. See, this is the reason. Some of some of us the way we think at times. Even if everything fails, for the fact that we have eternal home in heaven, it's enough. But thank God that even on earth we are blessed. It would have been enough to be born again, to be miserable and go to heaven. But he didn't even leave us with that choice. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. If you catch a glimpse of heaven, everything will disappear here. But what a privilege to also be called into a great life, even here on earth. Even our eternal home is secured already. When we close our eyes here, we wake up there. And when they are calling the roster in heaven, we are there. That's wonderful. He won't say to those of us who are believers, I do not know you depart, because he knows us. The Bible says we have been predestinated. We are sons of God. And the Father does not forget any of his own. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is wonderful. It is called the grace of God. Hallelujah. Even a Christian that is rising and falling, the master just says, rise, come. 
His love is unusual. When you know this dimension of it, you just want to live your life pleasing Him. Even when God says, there is no penalty for sin again. There are Christians who will not even still do something wrong. Their love for God is higher than the sense of punishment. You understand? Your eyes have been made to be open to understand. That when you see an opposite sense, the love of God comes from your heart. Not what to do to them in your flesh. It's an adjustment that should take place here. Are you following me? That even if God says that whatever you do, I won't hold it against you. You still can't do something wrong. Because you have a greater light. That there is a way to treat people. And there is a way not to treat people. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Let me close with this. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And I mentioned that I'm going to look at. Let's start from verse 4. It's a scripture we know very well. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare. Let's start from verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now I said the weapons, I know I can't finish this, up to that, of our warfare, are not carnal. Everybody say weapons. weapons. Say there are weapons. Yeah. Say number two, warfare. warfare. There are warfare. For mighty true God, pulling down of strongholds. Say strongholds. Strong What's the next one? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we have weapons. And the Bible did not say anything about using that weapon against demons. Efficiency says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power. Now, the battle is coming from them, but it's coming in form of what is listed here. Imaginations, thoughts, strongholds. Hallelujah. Imagination, thoughts, and strongholds. This is where, when anybody comes to Christ, this is where there is serious work to do. The mentality. In Mark chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus says something very profound there. Let's read. Mark 7, 13. We'll come back to this one in a while. And I will stop. Mark 7, 13. Making the word of God of non-effect through your you know what the Bible is saying? As powerful as the word of God is, there is one thing that kills the word of God. It is called traditions of men. Our beliefs, mentalities, mindsets. Mindsets. Many people have come to Christ, but their mindset has not changed. This is where the major battle will be fought. Because these weapons that we've been given, they are for dealing with these things. When a man is bound inside, many years ago, I met some people who have been born again, and they will still tell you that nobody prospers without doing some funny things. They have been so close to their friends out there 
that now they are born again, but that thing is still in them. And Jesus has no choice but to say, be it unto you according to your faith. That's why you hear of some Christians who get married and they run their home the way the family is running. So they cannot be different from every other member of the family. Stronghold. They didn't hold them. Traditions of men. It will choke the power of the world in them. You need to check yourself. Things that you believe that are not consistent with the word of God. When they are not deleted from your system, they will rob you of the power of the world. The Bible says the word of God became non-effect, as powerful as the word is. It says, it's not my word like armor or like fire that breaks rock into pieces. Yet it gets to a man, it becomes ineffective. It's like salt and snail. You give snail salt, you kill the snail. The word of God, the power is dissolved when it meets with tradition inside the man. It will work for someone else, but any man that has tradition, mentality. There are many wonderful ladies in the church. But there are some aspects of them. You know, I've wondered, and I've, I've just looked around to check this. It's a question I've been asking for about nine years. Why when some ladies want to marry, they want to show their breasts. Now, she, she's born again. She's nice about any other thing. You know why? It's a mindset. Check it very well. She's been among friends. They have decided. And there is no Jesus Christ that can change that mindset. It's a question I've asked many times. You know, I don't tell people what to wear. Of no, 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 I don't do that. But I just ask myself. Why is it that on your most glorious day in court, you want to show us everything? To what end? If you ask the leader, I said, so, okay, after the wedding, so what have you gained from what you have done? Now, nothing. You have satisfied your friend and your crazy mentality together. That he didn't des- deposit any amount in your account. He did nothing for you. He just did it. But you know what? It has implications. You see, people have, people have all kinds of things that even though they are in Christ, but these things are there and they sit as a king there. And you wonder to what extent. So I asked a, a friend of mine one time, so is it that if you wear, God bless the lady that married the prince. So because she was properly dressed, the wedding didn't hold her. Even if you don't get to her, so what, what is the point? Our wedding has been more celebrated than most weddings in the world. So what is the point? About three years ago, I sat back and I almost stopped attending weddings. Because some of the Christians that I've known for years, they will still surprise you with the action on that day. I just had to watch. Some of them will even be arguing with the counselors in church. Eh? And we are just saying, what, what is the point behind what you are trying to do? You know what? You are bound and you don't know. Either you are trying to make a statement with your friends and everything, and that is carnality of the highest order. You see, as I'm preaching now, this message will get some ladies, they will still shake their head out that day. <laughs> it just tells the state of your carnal mindset. Because really you will agree that you are gaining nothing from it. But there is a way you have made up your mind. 
Like some have made up their muscle that they are going to do an elaborate wedding. If you have money, and you want to do wedding as big as anything, it's fantastic. It's some money. And, but when you are broke, the guy you want to marry, you are both managing. And you are putting rope on his neck. Because you've attended two or three weddings and they were big. So you two must. You, it's a must. And the problem of your marriage will start from courtship. When you are fighting him for not throwing a big party at the wedding. 80% of those who will come to your wedding, you don't know them and you won't see them. They won't come back to ask you how you are living with your husband. Why are we interested in pleasing people? And punishing ourselves and we are pleasing people. Somebody has not paid for an apartment and you are renting it all for 2 million to do wedding. And you, you have not paid for an apartment for 600,000. Come to a pastor like me. I'll give you a knock on your head. Now where is common sense? Go and rent your house. Deck your house up very well. That when you and your husband come inside the house, you are happy. If you don't travel out for honeymoon and you look at your city room, you are excited. Everything is there. When your house is fine, you will like to go home. <laughs> People don't go home at times. Not because, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> when, your, when your house is fine, when you are living, you, you, you are, as you are, as you are, as you are my brother, you, you are living in a good apartment and you, you are proud of your house. You will like going home. You'll tell some friends, like, say, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I'm going home. Because home is welcoming you. You know, there are some houses when you enter, the house will welcome you. There are some, <laughs> they send you packing. <laughs> Hallelujah. How can you tell you don't have a bed to sleep on? And you are buying a wedding gown of 400,000. No AC in your house. See, I, I'm not trying to be partial. A man can keep wearing his wedding suit for, for a long time. Your wedding gown is only once. Let me tell you the truth as a shepherd because I love you. If you need to rent, rent. On that day when you come inside the church, we don't know the difference between the rented one and the bought one. There's no difference. I'm saying all this that if you have the money, no problem. But what I do not understand is that you don't have enough money. And the little you are, you are spending on things that are not necessary. You and your husband, you start nagging from three days after the wedding. When you know that the house is not fine, you don't have much money, and then you start nagging. You see him, you are angry with him now. As if he's responsible for your problem. But he obeyed you for all the planning. Hallelujah. Interestingly, some of those who married during the week in this church, some of them are from a very wealthy home, and they still chose to do a simple wedding. It doesn't kill our HOD of Drama Tayo, wonderful man. He has a fantastic job. The wife is in America now. Their wedding was attended by 30 people. They told me. I wanted, they, I couldn't make it. I'm not saying this, but I'm just saying that if you know yourself, that you are not very buoyant. See, the wisdom you apply to the little you have now will cause it to multiply. Because when we teach people faith for finance, we also need to tell them the place of good planning. Faith is not against common sense. Are you, are you with me? Yes, sir. My God shall supply my needs. So you are going for what you cannot carry. Okay. When you fall down, the only thing will console you. It's the comforter. It will comfort you in your affliction. Hallelujah. 
You know, in as much as we share speech, we also need to tell people things like this. Let me help. <laughs> I have discovered if you fall apart financially, it is difficult to enjoy a good spiritual life. Check the statements I made very well. I just made very well. I don't know. Maybe that was why Jesus gave illustration and he actually connected money to spirituality. It is true. Very, very true. Hallelujah. This is why a Christian cannot afford to be disorganized. If you are starting in a little way, it's just for a while. God will mark you that you are doing well and he will promote you. Opportunities will come. This is very important. Very, very important. Hallelujah. Don't wear something because others are wearing it. If for now you can't afford it, don't worry. After all, he shared that it's 16K and he shared that it's 4K. Actually, you can't tell the difference. It is those who have that 16K that can tell when they see it. One day I saw his suit, 270,000. The, the thing no for himself. Whereas with 35, 40, you can get a very nice suit. And nobody can tell the difference. Even if you know Marina very well, you can get some for 1920. And you are okay. But people like to copy. Say, you want, you want to appear. And people are looking at the label. And if the devil will punish you, nobody will see the label. You put it in such that they will know. Nobody is noticing. What is biting people? It's more important than what you are wearing. Most of us that are here tonight, if you come on Wednesday, except me talking, all of you are looking at me. Most of the people around you, you can't tell next week the clothes they are wearing today. If we all repeat what we are wearing, you will not know. It's all those things. Don't, people are too busy to think more than all those things. And you know the funny thing? When you see the re, real people who are wealthy, especially in a brochure, they with simple t-shirts. And then something simple. It's amazing. I went for Kenneth Copeland's conference in uh, um, Fort Worth, Texas. Some of the millionaires sponsoring Kenneth Copeland's dead as the richest man of God on earth. Some of the multi-millionaires sponsoring him. Maybe because it was also uh, uh, in the summertime, it was, it was a bit uh, quite sunny. The row I sat, almost everybody there, they are wearing three-quarter and palm slippers. Almost everybody. I thought people that write a check of one million dollars. Three-quarter. <laughs> you saw when Zuckerberg back came here now. What did he wear? We, we <laughs> Somebody told me they wanted to do a party and they told them I should be alone, 75. And they were giving people who just finished serving. You've not gotten a job. You are buying Ashwabi 75. Tell them that, oh, God bless you. I cannot. I am blessed. It's not in my budget. Simple. If I need to sit at the back or do your wedding, I will sit at the back. Just make sure I guess where I'm here. <laughs> That's all. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I started with very spiritual things, right? What I said last, all these things, they are not less spiritual than what I said earlier. Christ is made unto us wisdom and power. So not only power, power and wisdom. There must be a balance of the two in our lives. 
You must have spiritual power, but you must also have wisdom to understand things. Hallelujah. One day when I teach you about relationships, I'm going to explain to you why you need to delete certain numbers from your phone. Nobody rises beyond the size of the that you keep. You need to ask yourself a question. All the 300 numbers you have on your phone, how many of them are really benefiting you? Go with that Pareto principle, 80-20. Be smart. It is true. Businessmen, whatever you do, only 20% of your customers give you 80% of your profits. Locate the 20, improve on them, and cut down some people. You don't have time in life to attend to everybody. Choose people that are important. Some people soak your time. Kill those things. Kill those time. Get away from those things. There are few programs to watch on TV that are really enriching you. Develop, work more on that. Of course, there's a time for pleasure. There's time to just enjoy movie because you want to enjoy and play with people. But reduce that and go for something productive. Have you ever asked yourself a question? Have you ever taken your bio, sir? And you listed the 14 most, the closest people to you, 14 of them. And have you asked a question? What are the levels of these people? If you are not deliberate about life, you will not rise. You have to be deliberate. So you question, okay, who are the 15 closest people to me in my life? List the name. It's something you have to do by yourself in the room. And start marking. What has this done? What is, what is the essence of this one in my life? What is the essence of this one in my life? What is the essence of this one? Because if you don't delete some people, there will not be space for some other people to come in. You understand what I'm saying? You need to remove some things from your life for some other things to come in. And that should be a deliberate thing. I told a lady, for a long time she did, she couldn't get married. She said, because we've been doing the same thing around the same day, every now and then. And there is a spiritual aspect where I will pray for that God will send the right man. But there's also a part that you have to do yourself. You have to change. Change where you go to and what you do. The kind of people you meet. Change you to the kind of people you desire to meet. What you desire to do. Find out where those kind of people are. What they do. And get involved. Very simple. Amen. Hallelujah. Adjust your lifestyle every now and then. So that you can go higher. Everybody has a luggage to drop to be able to go higher. And you have to drop them. If you don't, the angels around you won't respond to what you're asking. So you have to ask yourself. And you should know when a relationship is over. So people are supposed to be in your life for a season. When you let them overstay, you are going to have a problem because of them. And the problem will come from them. You understand? This is when people say, nobody has been betrayed in life without traces before. Judas Cariot will say something before he will do something. Hope you know. As they were pouring oil on Jesus, he was the one that spoke that they should have sold this oil to give to the poor. At that moment, you would have known that this guy is a thief. So shortly after that, I have listened to Pastor was telling me one day, Pastor Bible said that everyone that I noticed something about and I felt I should stay away, but I did not, they were the ones that burnt my finger. There will always be signs before the main thing. But many of us don't pay attention to all these things. That's why if you have seen the film Godfather before, mafias don't give second chance. There is a way you behave around them. They know. They will tell you that those who do this kind of thing will kill you later. And they are always right. Of course, they are not Christians, so they will eliminate the person straight away. They don't care. They tell you straight away that from experience, when a person does this, number one, the Godfather said that when people cry, when they start crying and ask for forgiveness, they, those are the people that will kill you tomorrow. From experience. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. There are people that you have to forgive and give second chance. But as soon as you forgive them, you give a space. Go and read the story of Absalom and David. One mistake that David made. Absalom killed his brother, of course, for raping his sister. From different mother, you know. His own sister, but sister from his mom. The senior brother, Ammon, raped her. And he said, no problem. He organized a party and invited Ammon there. And he told the servant, take off the head of this bastard. And he killed his brother. So he ran away. And then he ran out of town. And then later, he might beg people to help him beg the father. And the father said, she'll come back. But David did the right thing the first time. He built a house for him. Let's say from here, Lekki. And said, stay there. I have forgiven you. Come back to town. This is the house. Let this servant be ministering to you. Stay there. After a while, he started saying that, if you are truly forgiving me, why don't you let me come back to the palace? I'm not leaving the palace. I'm living elsewhere. And they pre- he prevailed on David. And the commander to drew up, helped him. And David said, okay, let him come back to the palace. When people want to betray you, they need to be around to do it. Betrayers don't use bow and arrow. They use dagger. And dagger is limited in distance. So they must be around to be able to use it. The only weapon betrayers use, but they have to stab you from the back. They must stab. So they don't use gun. They don't use arrow. They are going to use knife. And to use dagger, they have to be close enough. So they need an opportunity to be close to you. Are you following what I'm saying? So Absalom came back to the parlor. Before they knew it, everybody that came to see the father, he would go and meet them outside. And you know in those days, the way a king was, anybody, people were, they were worshipping their king. You will see king that time, you will bow. Like I've been saying today, but like, yeah, I will come for him. His father is one of the most popular Yoruba bass. As you see, he's a, he's a mighty prince, so. And I said, thank God for civilization. Otherwise, I grew up in Yoruba. See this kind of person, just a saki. <laughs> but if I see him, I can twist his hair. <laughs> thank God for civilization. No, he's a great man. He's, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? But that doesn't do away with the father. He's a prince. He's a prince. I'm just saying that. Now, nowadays, the kings have the authority, but not as much as in those days. That you could not even look at a king's face. Both Yoruba and everybody, remember the ancient Alafi? You will go to Alafi's palace. For what? They will take off your head. And they could look at any woman and be like, come, you are my wife. That's all. Say, we put leg on her. And that leg is irremovable. <laughs> you do that now. We chop the leg off. <laughs> you are, they, they had power then. <laughs> are you, are you, a king, he can, he could look at your land and they will take it. You can't, you could, you can't fight a king. So you just accept. The nice one can give you another land. If he doesn't give you, there is nothing you can do. You understand? And it's not every tribe like that. So, Bob Salon will, he will walk up to the people. They will try to bow to the priest. He will lift them up, he will hug them, and he will kiss them. <laughs> it's like President Trump hugging you. You put the picture on your DP everywhere. American president saw me, he shook my hand. So they started talking. I see his father, that one, what you want to see, you see with soldier and protocol. His son is very humble. I wanted to greet him. He hugged him. He hugged me. And the news was spreading. Then some people, they would go to Palace Suli. Absalom will meet them, my brother, and then he will say a statement. Ah, your case is very good. The one you call your king is too busy. I wish you guys would make me king, and I would deliver justice to everybody. And the Bible says, truly, while the king was enjoying in his room upstairs, Absalom has stolen away the heart of everybody. 
It takes a mature Christian to understand a traitor and a disloyal person. If you come to my house, your boss tells you to come, and you start talking against your boss in my house, I will start running away from you. It shows who you are. Because after a while, you are going to do the same thing to me. When people sit down with you and you enjoy their talk about other people, you are their next victim. Any little fight between you and them, they will run you down like that. Let people know from the word go that bad stories don't stay around you. Especially if they are talking about fellow Christians. Just don't tell me I'm not interested. But a lot of people don't know. So the people, they thought Absalom was, was humble. They did not know that he was stealing their hearts. And when he saw that he had enough disciples, he stood against his father. The father had to run away from him. Not because the father couldn't fight him. He considered it an abomination to kill his own son. And Absalom sent soldiers to go and kill his father. And so people were with him in the past. They didn't notice that this guy, David refused to kill Saul, even when Saul was against him. You want to kill the sitting king to sit on his throne. Anybody, when people do that, when a political party comes and they attack other parties to get into power, when they get there, they will do nothing. When people attack people to get to their place, they will do nothing. If you appoint a unit in the church and somebody is beginning to attack the HOD that doesn't know what he's doing, make him the HOD, he will destroy that unit. That's the truth. People don't know. Children who complain about their parents day and night, when you become parents, you will do worse. Those who love and forgive, no matter what they've done, you will be able to handle your children better. It's a law. Rebels don't go far. It's about, oh, they treat me like that. When you are like that, my boss, you, every day you complain about your boss day and night. When you become a boss, you become a miserable boss. That's the truth. Are you following me? Amen. That was what Absalom did, and he took over. But David gave him the opportunity. If he didn't let him come to the palace, he wouldn't see anybody to deceive. Let's stop here tonight. Shall we rise? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I took more time tonight. But I'm sure you are blessed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise. Help us to be doers of the word. To walk in it. To walk in the grace of it. In the reality of it. In Jesus' name. Can I hear loud amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.